welcome to Mythids. My name is Brooke. My name's Alyssa, and I'm a dedicated floor tank. I'm sorry, and you what? I have spent, okay, this is equal parts a confession and a cry for help, but I've spent way too much time playing Final Fantasy XIV, so that's just colloquial <laughs> for I'm the job that always fucking dies, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Also, I make bad choices in life. This is why I've never taken the step into playing any of the Final Fantasy games, because I don't, I don't trust myself like that. I've started playing Hades, because <gasps> y'all know I'm a slut for mythology, <gasps> and holy fuck! Very good game. I've been following that since early access, like, way, way, like, way Bro, back. Bro, it's so good. Oh my god, I, I know. I, I know so much. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, it had the Furies in it for you, so that's all you really needed. And it's got Dusa, so like... Yeah, I was gonna say! And, and I am slowly but certainly trying to romance Medusa's decapitated head. <laughs> to be honest, any game that had it was 10 out of 10 uh, game of the year for you, like, all exactly. you needed. It's truly beautiful. Okay. Whose turn is it to go first? Do you know? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's you, because I did last week first with Kelly Uche. Love that you have a functioning brain now. <laughs> so, uh, this week, I am bringing uh, the Seamurg, which is a benevolent mythical bird in Iranian mythology. It is sometimes compared to, like, the phoenix or, like, the rock or other mythical birds, but it is its own separate thing. Its image can be found throughout all different periods of Iranian art, and it's generally depicted as a winged creature shaped like a bird, fucking big enough to pick up elephants or whales. <gasps> Damn, big that's a big bird. <laughs> I, I hope, I, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in what you've got going for you here, but making a comparison to Big Bird is not going to help you later on in oh, this episode. that's not what i was meaning to do i was just commenting that it was a bird and big now i'm just gonna be like do i really <laughs> want to date and your me? brain went to fucking sesame street <laughs> your brain goes to sesame street because you're three years old like i am oh fucking apparently no i'd say it looks nothing like like the sesame street big bird uh, so in the earlier um images it looks like a peacock with the head of a dog and the claws of a lion but in later depictions of the Seamurg, it has a human face with, so it's almost a pre, uh, approaching like a sphinx at that, or yeah, like a- kinda. Yeah, we're starting to go that way. But it's a bird and it's always a bird. So according to legend, uh, the Seamurg is so old that it has seen the destruction of the world three times over. So it's watching all our shit at this point, be like, all right, number four, here we go. <laughs> Same shit. <laughs> Same shit, different day. Oh, I different millennia. Fuck out of that. <laughs> do you think attempts one, two, and like maybe three, like it tried to do something like, no, guys, like I've seen this before. I've seen the destruction of the world. And by this point, it's just so fucking tired that it doesn't care. At this care. point, it's just got like a blanket and a coffee cup that says like, I want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. I love that energy for it, to be fair. <laughs> In one legend, it said that every 1700 years, it goes up in flames and is reborn kind of Phoenix style. 
But again, uh, that seems like more like something that had kind of been stolen from comparisons to the Phoenix and isn't necessarily part of the Seamurg's original myth. So apparently, because it has seen the world and three times over and it's lived through so fucking much, it is thought to possess all of the knowledge of all of the ages that anything has ever existed. Oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Smart ass motherfucker. Need that in my life. I don't know shit. Literally same. Calling up calling up your bird boyfriend slash sentient library. <laughs> like, hello? Now I'm just getting like, it's not the same thing. But now I'm just getting that owl vibes from that uh, avatar. Yeah! <laughs> Absolutely. So the Seamurg was considered to purify the land and waters and so like bestow like fertility to the land and like help shit grow and good things like that. And it represented the union between the earth and the sky, serving as mediator and messenger between the two. So the Seamurg roosts in the home tree of life, which stands in the middle of the world sea The when the uh, tree of life is potent medicine and is called all healing and the seeds of all plants are deposited on it and supposedly when the seamurg took flight the leaves of the tree of life shook making all of the seeds of every plant uh fall out of it and they floated around the world on the winds and eventually you know created all the plants in the world so the most famous story of the seamurg in uh for Epic uh, Shaname, the Book of Kings, where its involvement with the Prince Zal is talked about. Um, according to the Shaname, Sh- Sh- uh, Zal is the son of Sam and was born albino. And when Sam saw this, uh, he assumed that the kid was the spawn of the devil. <laughs> Seeing a white person for the first time, like, oh, absolutely not. That's honestly but i'm dead also it's really funny like the split like in a lot of other myths or like other regions you know things are albino or things are born like pure white and it's like oh this is holy being and then like absolutely (laughs) not this bitch is is like oh absolutely not i'm not fucking with that and honestly fair (laughs) uh so uh, he assumed the child was spawn of the devils and abandoned the kid on the mountain, Alborz. Um, so the baby was crying so loud that the Seamurg heard it because he lived, apparently at that point, um, she lived up on top of that mountain. I guess she ditched her tree. I don't know. Um, and so she found the baby and was like, what the fuck? Who left a baby here? <laughs> And adopted it and raised the kid as her own. In this myth, she is specifically referred to as female. Everywhere else, it's referred to as genderless. So I'm going to stick to female, Fair. I think. So she taught um, as she taught Zal as much wisdom as she could. And eventually, uh, he grew into a man and had to go back to the world of men, or at least wanted to. Which is fair, because I could, like... Having a bird mom who knows all things would be fun for a while. Yeah. (laughs) But you would reach a point where you'd be like, I'd love to have a friend. (laughs) No, yeah. And it's like, you know, you can appreciate it. But again, that's that's your mom. 
too. So yeah. it's not even like what we're going to do later and like, okay, how can we make this work for us? And not that you'd have to, but like, that's your mom. Everybody's got to leave the nest eventually. I hate you so much. Get out of my house. <laughs> I'm going to hang up. <laughs> no. So he wanted to go rejoin the world's men and the Seamurg was really sad about it. But, you know, she understood. So she gave him three golden feathers which he was to burn if he ever needed her assistance. And then upon returning to his kingdom, he fell in love and married a girl uh, named Rudab- Rudaba, I think. They have a kid. Uh, the labor is terrible. He- Zal was positive his wife was going to die. And so Zal summons Seamurg. And Seamurg shows up and is like, bitch, what the fuck? And teaches him how to perform a C-section in order to save his wife's life. Holy fuck. How did I learn how she to do She shows up that? like, all right, <laughs> time to get down to fucking business on this shit. And then that kid goes on to become one of the greatest uh, Persian heroes, Rustam. So, Seamurg, I love her a lot. <laughs> she is like, like... You get some really interesting mother figures in mythology or like epics yeah. and legends, but I want a bird mom. Like, I don't I have issues with my current mom, but like, if could I you, could have another mom, an extra bird mom on top. Yeah. But could you imagine, like, your wife is going through a tough labor, you think she's going to die, you call up your mom, like, Mom, I'm really worried, and your mom's just like, All right, I am now going to teach you yeah. <laughs> how to perform a C section. All right, all go right. get a fucking knife. <laughs> Get a scalpel, get disinfected, we're doing this! <laughs> Here we fucking go, kiddo! Holy shit. I mean, it worked, so like, can't argue yeah. with them results. Absolutely, plus then Seamer gets to be there to see her grandson born, which yeah. is nice. I'm proud of her little family. I'm happy for her. So that's the Seamurg. She shows up in a lot of different stories. She shows up in a lot of different artwork, but those are kind of the most well-known stories of the Seamurg. I was going like to say the overarching details that connect them all. If we want to get back to Alyssa needs a life territory, I have her as a pull in a gotcha game. So I was like, oh, yes, the Seamurg, she's a pretty bird. I think I think I saw that while I was researching, <laughs> actually. <laughs> because Seamurg is a very popular thing to kind of show up because it's such like a great mythical creature. She kind of shows up all over the place. Yeah. Which is fair. She kicks ass. I love her. She's a great bird. She's such a good bird. On the um opposite end of the spectrum, oh, no. my myth today. All right. Everyone's going to get upset with me, but I need everyone to bear with me. So I came across. I am always scared okay. when you start off like that. Because the last time you were like, okay, you're going to be mad at me. You brought Shrek. I promise so it's not I Shrek. So I live in fear. I promise oh, good. it's actual mythology from actual countries that have nothing to do with any current or past, to the best of my knowledge, movie or anything like that. Okay. So, there is a folk legend, I don't know how many people are familiar with, from the Balkans, that if you leave, it's actually comes from the Romani people, that if you leave an inanimate object outside during the night of a full moon, it becomes a vampire. To the Balkans specifically, if you leave, huh? 
I thought that was just gourd. Yeah, it's it's a gourd or okay. a watermelon, either or. If you leave yes. them outside okay. uh, during the full moon, it becomes a vampire. So I was like, oh, let me try and do something with that. You know, that'll be fun and interesting. You know, we're in fall season. Um, so I found some interesting about, like, the origin of the Romani myths and, like, how to combat it and, like, what they did. But I didn't really find anything specific as to the folklore beyond, like, describing it. But I did, however, find in another nation, apparently they have similar folklore surrounding giant devouring gourds. (laughs) The look on Brooke's face is just pain. Just pain. Sorry, did you bring vor pumpkins? I did. I did bring a vor pumpkin. I hate you. I hate Which this. is why I, I hate our podcast. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, everyone's going to get upset at me because when I come to dateability, vor's coming out. And depending on your mileage, you're either going to have a great time or you're going to have a bad time. And I really thought long and hard about whether I wanted to do that. And, and then um, you decided, yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. After all that thinking, you settled on, yeah, this is good. I want right, you to tell know me bef- about this terrible, terrible vor pumpkin. So, in Bantu folklore, which some of you may remember as uh, from the Kirimu, that's uh, Southern Africa region, uh, nomadic peoples, they have folklore that gourds and pumpkins have the potential to grow into vast devouring creatures, and usually these only grew where sorcerers or ogres were slain. I guess I kind of. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense, Shrek. <laughs> Kill an ogre. You are on such thin fucking ice, Alyssa. <laughs> I just, I, I just keep picking up move, the ice. Keep going. The fucking- keep fucking going. Stop it. Okay. So the devouring gourd of Usambara is a folklore where you had a group of boys playing in a village, and they noted how big one of the gourds were getting as they were playing around. And to their surprise, the gourd responded to them. He's like, uh, if you pluck me, I'm going to pluck you back. And, you know, like, they were all scared of this talking gourd. So they all ran home and told their mom. And their mom's like, uh, yeah, right, kids. Sure. I believe you. She did not believe them. Um, but their <laughs> sisters wanted to go see it. So they went to go all check it out again. And when they came back, it got even bigger. Like, it was one of those, they, had, they hadn't picked it, and it just continued to grow kind of thing. Like, which I guess happens in real life. Like, I don't know too much, much about agriculture, but it's the concept that, you know, if you leave Most something to sit. Most things reach a specific point mm-hmm. at which they are going to stop growing. Yeah. Also, stuff doesn't generally grow that fast, so there yeah. is a fantasy element. Continue. Oh, for sure. I mean, the fact that it talked to begin with was a pretty good start. But well, anyway. yeah, but I was ignoring that bit. I'm <laughs> just talking about it from an agricultural standpoint. That's fair. So they leave the gourd alone, and it grows to the size of a house, at which point it uproots itself and went about swallowing everyone in the village. So it just goes through the entire village, eats everyone, and rolls itself into a lake. It did, however, leave one sole survivor of this carnage, uh, which was a pregnant woman. So she eventually has her son, and they live together in just what's left of the village, uh, the kind of ghost village at this point, because there's no one left. And at some point, when the son gets older, he asks, he's like, hey, what happened to my father? What happened? 
Uh, and his mom explains that the gourd swallowed everyone in the village and lives in the lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mom's just like, um, which I really want <laughs> single parents to start using or like <laughs> an excuse. A pumpkin ate him. A pumpkin ate him. You know, like, I like, you can have fun with that. Like, say, just. You're, you're not the kind of parent that's going to have another parent in your life. Just have fun with it. Just have fun with it. So anyway, go off. Th- this kid's like, I am going to avenge my father and everyone in this village. So he went out to the lake and apparently the gore is still so big that he could see its ears. I guess it means like it's what? stump or like, it says gourd's ears. I was going to say, last time I, can- I checked, those don't have ears. But to be fair, they don't have mouths either. So yeah. you know what? Fair. The, the way I see all the depictions is it's like a regular gourd and then the bottom opens up to these giant teeth. So it's just like the longer, like two bumped uh, gourd. So I can only assume it means like the where the roots were coming out of as far as the ears. Because there's no ears in any depiction. It's just like the giant gaping mouth. So I can only assume it means the bottom end. Um, so anyway, this kid goes to uh, taunt the giant gourd. And, like, starts poking fun. And he's like, come out, come out. He's like, uh, you know, the typical threatening. So the gourd's pissed and he hauls itself out of the lake. Uh, but the kid's like, no, that was a trap. I'm ready for it. And <laughs> he fired a volley of arrows into it. And the tenth arrow killed it. Which, I don't That's know why it. arrows killed it, I guess. Sorry, just ten arrows and blah, he's dead? Yeah, that's... That was it. That's that's all it took, apparently. How did it kill a whole fucking village if it's that easy to fucking die? I, maybe nobody thought, or, like, nobody was ready, or, like, if you had no to No one thought to t- fight back against the giant vor vegetable? I, I, I guess they did, but it wasn't well coordinated. I, you could take the beliefs that the people from however long ago weakened it, but it doesn't say that, and it doesn't say that they fought no, back. No, it doesn't. It's just weak as hell. Yeah. And all those people were dumb. Okay, keep going. So, after the boy kills it with a tenth arrow, lets out this, like, terrible roar that's heard, like, halfway across, uh, the land... And the boy cuts it open with a knife, releases all the villagers who are still in there unharmed, it becomes a uh, great leader of his people. So that's the long and short of it. But just as like a, a addendum, like footnote to that, apparently a devouring plants are common in this kind of myth. I, I, I'm i going to say they're just common in folklore in, gen- in general. Something I found that was interesting was that there was also uh, folklore that there was a carnivorous pumpkin. And I... I Kid you not, I'm reading this verbatim. They grew over the burial location of an evil shape-shifting porcupine. Why didn't we talk about the evil shape-shifting porcupine instead? What the fuck, Alyssa? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to hear I his had. story. I I wanted to know about the evil shape-shifting porcupine, but if all I had was evil shape-shifting porcupine, I didn't have a lot to go with. But yeah, the devouring gourd of Usambara, uh, big, hungry, doesn't really have so he a doesn't even have track. like his own name he doesn't even have his own name it's just this one bitch ass pumpkin that one time ate a whole village and then died like a wussy little bitch yep okay, i mean it's great. not like i don't know i've not read a lot a lot of bantu folklore but like even from last time you have like 
when with the Kirimu, you have your one chosen leader of the people that comes and like cuts everybody free out of the belly. Like, it's I don't want to say mean, common, that's true, but, it's but at the least Kirimu two's... was like actually somewhat capable. Yeah, yeah, as well, a monster. You know, the Kirimu had some stuff going for it. What's this bitch got going on? Nothing. <laughs> that's what I want you to think. Want you to underestimate my giant vor pumpkin. Vorgord! Vorgord. So is there anything else with him, or is that the end of the terrible, terrible gourd pump? That's gourd pretty vor. much all I had. Maybe next week I'll bring the terrible shape-shifting pirate. The evil porcupine. shape-shifting porcupine, who I love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So combat, um, I know birds eat fruit. <laughs> Yes. Um, before we get into that, though, real quick, uh, as always, guys, uh, go check out at Closet Crafts on Twitter. Um, I there will be a lot of new news coming your way through that soon. Um, I've recently learned that once the Kickstarter does la- launch, uh, there will be Pride bath bombs. And hot diggity am I excited about them. <laughs> God, I've never used a bath bomb before, but the prospect excites me. Right? It's really cool. I've seen, um, Maury sent me some pictures of it. And so the outside is white and then the inside, it like explodes into a oh, rainbow to like so signify funny. being in the closet still. I love it. It's delightful. That's so uh, funny. So follow on twitter i believe there is a newsletter you can sign up for um maury i know you're editing this so if there is uh i guess have me record the info later um (laughs) or give it to me to post it on our twitter uh also i mentioned last week um that we are getting a patreon by the time this episode is uploaded uh it will be live so you can go check us out um, at Mythids on Patreon. I'll put the link on our Twitter and also in the show notes. Obviously, we're just getting started, so there's not a ton on it yet, but we'll be getting different bonus episodes. Um, we've got a bunch of different really cool ideas that I think you guys will really enjoy. So, huzzah! Um, and now... <laughs> Before that, though, feel free to give us ideas, too. Like, obviously, we have a lot of things we'd like to do or things that we've discussed. But if there's something specific you want to see us do, uh, we're open to suggestions. I mean, like, within the realm of feasibility. Like, it doesn't mean we'll take it necessarily, but I love what hearing what y'all have to say. Yeah, we always enjoy hearing feedback from you guys on pretty much everything and anything. It's true. So, you know, hit us up. Yeah. Our contact info's in the notes. Um, so as Alyssa pointed out, pumpkins, uh, nope, uh, birds do eat vegetables yeah. often. Uh, so that's going to be an issue. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say that a gourd that can be defeated by 12 arrows shot by someone who I can't imagine is that good with a bow and arrow, <laughs> seeing as he had no one to teach him since everyone but his mom was Shh. dead. Shit. <laughs> Um, how, uh, I how, can't how, imagine it'll do great against a giant immortal bird. I was trying, I was, <laughs> I really don't have a lot here. I was like, <laughs> well, maybe they're on the same size. And I was like, no, no I feel like Seamurg is still better. The bird's big enough to pick up a whale, yeah. Alyssa. 
Well, I mean, the the devouring gourd is the size of a house. Sure, there are whales bigger than houses. There sure listen. are whales bigger than houses. Uh, um, I yeah, I can't even pretend like I have anything because it's just got <laughs> you have heat. nothing. It's just got chompy chomp, it's and even like chompy. if it were to do enough damage, it just reincarnates. It just like it'll just even pop if, back up like, again. By some weird happenstance, the gourd had something going for it. Uh, it would just reincarnate. So, uh, yeah. pumpkin for dinner, y'all? <laughs> I've staked a lot in dateability, which honestly uh, might have been a mistake, but... Yeah, because I gotta tell you, like, not only can this pumpkin not win in combat... I don't, I think I'd rather date a, an all-knowing, really nice, immortal, powerful bird than a, like, pumpkin that is just mean to people and has teeth. <laughs> I would too, but listen. Listen. Mm-hmm. Mutually no, shared kinks. I mean, like, you don't have to share kinks, but it's nice when you share a kink in a relationship. And you know what's this really- This is the part of the podcast where Alyssa comes out to us as all- being really into Vor. I wouldn't say really into, but who isn't? <laughs> like, there- oh listen, God. listen, there's layers of severity <laughs> with every kink in this world. We're not here to kink shame me because we do that every episode. Oh no, I'm suddenly here to kink shame you. <laughs> like, we do that anyway. But you know what would be great? Like, mutually assured Vor destruction. You eating the pumpkin, the pumpkin eating you. No, <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, first of all. Second of all, even if I wanted to go down this terrible, terrible road with you, which I don't, it wouldn't be mutual. Because early on, when the pumpkin ran into those kids, the pumpkin was like, if you fucking pick me, I'll kill you. So clearly, the pumpkin would not be into that. I hate you. Well, that was just when it was still getting its size. You know, it was a little little dude. It had to come into its own. No, I don't think so. I really don't. I think you would just die and that would be the end of it. Uh, What I want to know is, real talk, real talk, real talk, the whole village was still on the inside of the pumpkin. And that's the edible part. Like, when the dude kills the pumpkin with the tenth arrow, he cuts the pumpkin open and sets everybody free. Why the fuck didn't they eat it from the inside out? I mean, you'd have to think they must have been, because it's been long enough for a child to be born and reach adulthood that they've been in there. He wasn't even an adult, which makes this the combat even worse. Like, it was just when he was old enough to ask about his father. So whatever age you oh think that god, is. Oh my god, so it's like a fucking seven-year-old. <laughs> badly shooting at it with a bow and arrow, and it died. <laughs> I hate this. Alyssa! Listen, listen, I thought about this. I knew what I was getting myself into, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it anyway. I almost brought the Fae. My sister has a whole notebook on, like, the Fae folk, and I was like, oh, I could have done that. And then I was like, we're doing vampire pumpkins in this house. Here's the thing, Alyssa. I want you to know, I brought the Seamurg, because I was like, okay, last week, it was a very easy week. I, you know, there was an obvious winner. It wasn't, they weren't very powerful. We didn't have room for some really good combat or anything. 
or even a super, super strong argument either way, really, on romance or combat. So you know what? I mean, we had a strong argument for you, but, like, there wasn't room for, like, any debate. Mm. So, like, this time I'm going to bring something powerful. Alyssa will come in with, like, I don't know, Ghost Ship (laughs) 2.0. We'll really be able to hash it out. It'll be great. And then your bitch ass is like, I have brought a large sentient gourd. (laughs) (laughs) I gave it all I had with the Kale Uchi. I was like, time for a week off, which wasn't what happened at all. But I was like, I was very endeared to the idea of a giant pumpkin eating men whole. I fucking... (laughs) Listen, I was really endeared by a lonely little fae wandering around making sure people got home okay, but that's because he had a real endearing personality. What the fuck does this bitch have going on? Uh, the fact that I need to be king-shamed for being horny at all hours of every day, your honor. I mean, yeah. Yeah, oh no. Hey, everyone? Everyone listening. Hey, what's up? Alyssa's Twitter is- No! No! Uh, Fuck! You deserve this! Maury, do not cut this out! Maury, please. Maury, please. We're friends. Maury, we've known each other for many years. I respect you as a human being. Uh, It's her Twitter is at Pixis. So, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's at P Y X I S U U U. And it's currently titled Clown Town. So, uh, if you want to go give Alyssa some of your thoughts on how terrible she is. Time to change. Hop on over and do that. Time to change my Twitter at and my Twitter name and my Twitter Abby. I, uh, Alyssa, <laughs> you could do better I than can, this. I can, but sometimes you just want to eat a pumpkin that wants to eat you. I have nothing more to say but- on this. This is so upsetting. I don't even... Okay, fine. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Seamark won, I suspect, perhaps both sides of the debate. Maybe we should do some more research into this, some Twitter-based user research. (laughs) So uh, to show your support of the Seamark having won, um, I will set up a poll when this episode posts... Um, Alyssa, this is going to be our shortest episode ever, I think. It it might be. Yeah, it's it's not even I, hit 40 minutes and we have some editing for Maury to do, so. Yeah. I Okay. So, go over to our Twitter. It's at Mythids Podcast and vote for the Seamark. I, I mean, I guess you could technically vote for the Vore You know pumpkin. you want to. Uh, you know you want to. But I swear to fucking God, if any of you vote for Alyssa out of pity... I will no, no, throw no. A fit. Don't do it out of pity. Do it out of you know what would be great. Just the sheer chaotic idea of like something ridiculous and terrible, but you appreciate it anyway, and you appreciate the risks that I'm taking. I don't want it pity. I want it to be genuine. You're like, yeah, maybe you know what? Fucking why not? Fucking devouring gourd. Get wild. Get I crazy. So hop over onto our Twitter. And, uh, shame Alyssa. (laughs) I want y'all adding at her. I want y'all bullying her. I want y'all to be mean. Um, and then, while you're on Twitter, hop on over to Mythids. At Mythids Podcast. And vote. 
At Mythids Podcast, thank you. Uh, so last week, we had the Kaliuchi versus Bugul Nas, and uh, Kaliuchi won <laughs> with uh, 86% up against 14%. I'm proud of Bugul Nas for getting that 14%, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a Same. little worried I wasn't going to get anything. He deserves it. He deserved it, guys. He tries so hard. So Alyssa did win last week. Uh, which I believe means that you are technically now winning overall. I but I have a weird suspicion. <laughs> It'll be tied again next week? So, uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but something makes just gives me a weird mm. feeling that, like, maybe soon that won't be the case anymore. I, Hard to be sure. No, I also want to acknowledge that on yeah. said poll, uh, we had some fantastic feedback as to uh, how... Love can still win in the end. Uh, where was it? Where? Why do I not see it? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, the true result of combat between the Kaliuchi and the Bagul Nas is that the Bagul gets a found family with a ghost true who can't die from looking at him. So, uh, Jazz, I just want to say uh, thank them for their fantastic feedback because that's honestly the ending that I want for the Bagul Nas. That's the end. It's the ending he deserves, and I want him to have that. Um, I, Mori also hopped in and said, Mythid, stop having episodes end with they're in love or their family now challenge. And Mori, we did it. This time it ended with one of them being completely fucking decimated because it sucks. <laughs> I mean, if we wanted to, we could still try and find no. a way, but no. I don't think Brooke is going to give no. me that on this pumpkin somehow. Brooke is pumpkin phobic 2020. I hate you <laughs> with all of my... I'm going to point out that you don't have your girlfriend here for the live recording <laughs> this week, and I suspect it's because you know that you are disappointing her! She she can't hear me or see me right now, but when she hears this, she's going to wish she hadn't. Anyway, hashtag Brooke is pumpkin phobic 2020 trending on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag kink shame Alyssa. <laughs> all right. So... I believe that is sources. all. We- oh, sources! We forgot our sources we sure last week because we got distracted. We sure did. Um, in a truly shocking turn of events, I mostly used Wikipedia. I have <laughs> for us today. Uh, sorry, I have to pull it up because I closed it because I was like, okay, we're done, and then I was like, wait, sources. Dipshit. So I had. Bantu myths and other tales by E. J. Brill and J. Nappert. And Myths and Legends of the Bantu by Frank Cass and A. Werner. I think that's how it's sourced a little weird. But yes, those two books. Alyssa reads books. Add that to the list of things we shame her for. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so go follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at mythids1 nope, at uh, gmail.com. Nope, never mind, that's emailing. No. Email, oh. it's still mythids1 no at brain gmail. Cells. Uh, Twitter is Mythids Podcast. The Our editing is done by the terrible Goblin Mori. And the music is done by my beautiful and very talented husband, who I just had my one year anniversary <gasps> with. anniversary. And it's very exciting. And I'm real gay for him. Okay. Um, I believe that is all. So, goodbye.